Titan was like most planets. Too many mouths, not enough to go around. And when we faced extinction, I offered a solution. Genocide. But random, dispassionate, fair to rich and poor alike. They called me a madman. And what I predicted came to pass. Congratulations, you're a prophet. I'm a survivor. Who wants to murder trillions. With all six stones, I could simply snap my fingers. They would all cease to exist. I call that... Mercy. And then what? I finally rest. And watch the sunrise on a grateful universe. The hardest choices require the strongest wills. We're in the end game now. And here we go. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. I'm gonna kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. This <laughs> does put a smile on my face. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Most impressive. You are on the Sith list. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 123 of the Sith list. I'm your host, Araj Dolachai, and my co-pilots for this evening's adventures in podcasting. The young, the restless, the bearded one, Carlos Buarguayo, the man we call the comic book guru. The man that always seems very chipper. I don't know what it is. Mr. Less is... In high spirits. There we go. Gonzalez. Right. The man we call El Hombre. The man whose golden locks is just the mirror of his golden heart. Mr. Eric. Is really shocked at the turnaround of your attitude towards me, Strathers. <laughs> <sighs> I am very excited tonight because... We have somebody on that I frequently watch on YouTube. And you guys know, I'm not a YouTuber. Like, I don't watch YouTube a lot. But I do watch specifically one thing. Well, a couple things. I watch, every time Steel has something on, I watch the Hyper News or Hyper Chat or whatever he has on. But I do watch an amazing podcast channel called The Knights of Rant. We have tonight one of the co-hosts of Knights of Rant and one of the co-hosts of a great podcast called Who Talks First. You might have listened to them before. They're mainly a Star Wars podcast, but also get into other fandom. Sounds familiar, Sith listeners? They're awesome. They talk about all kinds of great fandom and, of course, the wars. We have CT. How are you doing, CT? I'm doing pretty good. I'm sorry I'm a little bit more nasal than usual. I mean, there's always a decent amount of nasal, but 
I'm a little bit stuffy today, so I'm apologizing in advance for the oh. nose blowing. Oh, no. You can nose blow. We, last week, we had somebody that sounded like they were on Coke, Brandon Manriquez. A big shout out. <laughs> Thank you. And so, no problem. I will edit all the sniffles and all the nose blowing you want out of this podcast. I will make you sound so healthy. Yeah, Thank no. you. I appreciate it. The wonders of editing. The wonders of editing and the wonders of Sudafed. Let's get into that right now before we even start. Because Episode brought to you by... That's Sudafed. right. Sudies. Yep. As the hockey players in the 90s used to call them, Sudies, because they used to take Sudafed before they used to go out and play because it wasn't detected like cocaine was. Sudafed and gr- smelling salts? Yep. Sudafed and smelling salts. And it's probably still in the league. Why would they take... What, what is the benefits for an athlete? Oh, because Sudafed, Sudafed has Sudamenefed in it, which is pretty much speed. And it, and it opens your... Nasal Lungs. passages. Ah, it like, has it has what in it? Pseudomenafed. Supermenafed. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, don't make Just me go back. Going. Eric, don't make me Just go back. Going. Now, CT, you are on Sudafed, correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're a drug user, There's some medication correct? happening right now for the cold. Oh yes, for the cold. God. Now. How would be very clear? You're a drug user. Yeah. No, 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 no. I outed myself, man. Is this a sting? I just outed you. Yeah, are you a fucking cop? Are you who's a narc? Who's your guy? Yeah, are you a narc? All right, you listen. I've just, me and CT had an off air discussion about the wonders of Sudafed and how amazing mm-hmm. it is. Especially, the, let me ask you this Are you using the 12 hour one? I believe so, yes. Oh, it's, it's the bomb. It's Welcome amazing. Yeah, I just say it's the bomb. Narc. years. All right. Well, I'm glad you're on Sudafed because you, you're going you, to – I'm glad you're feeling better. <laughs> Are you on Sudafed? <sighs> what? I love when I pop Molly. Do you pop Molly this no. way? I know, right? How do you do your – Which is because I snort yeah. some coke oh, real so quick. Awesome. Here we go. Oh, I totally – <laughs> How are you doing, The best Eric? way to start a podcast. Yeah, right. Sorry, <laughs> about drugs. Sorry, to, sorry to out you on that do you one. sweat? Struthers, <laughs> Struthers, how are you doing? I'm great, man. Totally great. That's good. Les, how you doing? You know it sucks when you guys do drugs and don't share it. Dude. Oh, it's not drugs, man. I'm talking <laughs> about when we're nasally. Boo, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, right, I'm everybody's doing, good. doing great. Yes. Okay. Great. Yes. Now we are going to in a second get into CDs. CDs. I call it just CDs. That's good. Oh man. Yeah. Maybe I am on something. What's the street value of CDs? Oh. Yeah. Really. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to soon get into CT's <laughs> fandom, and we're going to talk about Knights of Ren and who talks first. We're going to do all that in a second. But before that, Sudafed. let me do the oh. shenanigans real quick. <laughs> we're all going to do Sudis together. We are part of the Vicky Star Wars Podcast Network. We're proud members. Podcasts like now this podcasting, Rogue One, Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, First Order Transmissions, Idiot's Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Podcast 2187, The Cargo Hold, and Fingered with Randy and Jason. Check them out. You're a great podcast. We also have a website, thesithless.net. We also have Instagram, and we also obviously have Twitter. We're all going to get into that at the end of the show. But check out makingstarwars.net as well for all the poops and the scoops, especially with The Mandalorian. Jason seems to have all that information before anybody else does, so check them out. Whew, shenanigans were pretty good this week. It was. I have a question. It's the Sudafed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, did we learn about Sudafed in our D.A.R.E. classes? I don't think so. I I didn't. Yeah. All right. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> All right. You CT. endorsed it so much at the beginning of the I know. episode. Like, I, I thought it was you know, over. I, thought, I know. I know. I'm just over it. Now you're going to make me go to Afrin, and I don't want to go to Afrin. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cheap joke. All right, CT. 
Let's get into your fandom a little bit. Let's talk to us about your amazing, the great podcast, Who Talks First, and also the Knights of Rant, which I love to death. Yeah, of course. How did you get into both things? And what's some of the other fandom that you're into other than Star Wars? We know you love Star Wars. and We're going to get into that in a second too. But how about the other stuff? Yeah, uh, I'm probably going to forget everything because my mind is somewhere <laughs> totally different. But uh, yeah, I, I'm really into Avatar The Last Airbender, really into Harry Potter, like uh, classic nerd stuff. Um, of course, right now, basically for the last six years, I feel like it's been nothing but Star Wars. And you ask me, what else do you like? I'm like, nothing. It's just Star Wars. <laughs> That's fine with me. But yeah, we I started making uh, a little bit after The Force Awakens since everyone was make, adding their two cents with Star Wars theories. I felt like I needed to start needed to do that too. So that was initially why we started uh, Knights of Rant, but then theories just got more outlandish and less fun to do. So we ended up just doing uh we started our podcast around the same time where it's just me and my roommate basically recording conversations we were having anyway. Mm -hmm. And that's how we kind of decided to do it because we would just spend hours lying on the floor of our apartment talking about Star Wars. And we're just like, we have microphones. Let's just record it and put it online. So we feel like our opinions matter because so more because more people are hearing it now. But yeah, so we make really stupid videos on YouTube. Wait a minute, wait but a minute. They are not stupid, by the way. <laughs> I, they're like really funny and they're really cool. And um, like I said in the beginning, I don't watch YouTube stuff usually. <laughs> but you guys, I love your guys. Your, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's content. We have we have a lot of fun making and we've been doing that for a while now. We've been making less content than we wanted to for... We've been slowing down, but hopefully it should pick up again eventually now yeah. your who talks first is kind of similar to what we do like we're obviously we're on the making star wars podcast network so we're star wars heavy and we always start off with our star wars talk right after we do some box office talk and eric who is on another star wars podcast the bad motivators kind of you know guides us through this star wars galaxy and i know that you guys do other fandom too because i've listened to a bunch of different subjects that you do especially the killing joke one which i 100 percent agree with you guys it was garbage Yeah, yeah how did that come about? Uh, yeah. So initially we wanted to do a, a podcast that was mixed media. That was just every... Because I'm lucky enough to have my co-host be my roommate. And so we would just go see movies together and just go home and want to talk about it. And more and more recently, it has just been Star Wars because that's just been what we've been interested in mm -hmm. mostly. But after we watch other things in pop culture, like Killing Joke deserved a discussion because, boy, was that a pile of poo. You can say <laughs> was, shit. Please say shit on our podcast. It was a pile of shit. Yes. That's thank what you. it was. Thank you. And we we would just watch other things that we just really wanted to talk. And well, me and words is difficult right now. I apologize. No, no, for that's this. okay. That's okay. Now, you also are Stranger Things fans, correct? Yes, indeed. Yeah, so are we. Great. Now, we're going to mm -hmm. talk a little Stranger Things later. We're going to talk Avengers. We're going to talk Aquaman. We're going to talk all these things. And I'm sure you're into or you have an opinion towards Marvel, DC, stuff like that. I definitely have an opinion. That is it. <laughs> That's fine. It's not a bad opinion. I just I, – I want to be as absorbed in it as I am with things like Star Wars. But something about DC and Marvel – obviously, Marvel is way better 
and it has <laughs> right. way closer yes, to yes. winning my favor in that amount. But I haven't I haven't been as enthusiastic about either of those to even sort of the same degree as wow. Star, Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. And most of our listeners are pretty much on the same page with you. But we do have some massive, massive Marvel and DC fans as well. So <laughs> cool. Are you ready to uh, get into a little fandom? Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So let's start off with the PSD box office report brought to you by those amazing makers of underwear. P- PSD. CT's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> we have this really cool underwear company that has kind of sponsored us and we give out some stuff and we raffle some stuff off and we said, hey, you could be our box office report sponsors. That's where that comes from. It was pretty much the exact same thing as the last three weeks, just a little bit different order. But Wreck-It Ralph was number one with $16 million. The Grinch was number two with $15 million. And Creed was number three with $10 million. The order has been the same for the last three weeks. Wreck-It Ralph has been number one. But The Grinch and Creed keep flip-flopping. Mm-hmm. And Bohemian Rhapsody, still number four. Still making money, by the way. Just want to throw that out there. Now, Aquaman was out in China. And it already is over $100 million. It already surpassed Wonder Woman in China. Hmm. In 12 wow. days. In 12 days. That's crazy. It is crazy. Great reviews so far. Everybody seems to love it. We'll see what happens. You know, DC. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Wim. We have a listener named John Wim who uh, is a huge DC guy. And he sent me an email. And, and Wim, we're going we're gonna to read that email next week. But I will say this, Wim. We are all excited about Aquaman after that last preview. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, I know at the end of it, he said, fuck you guys. I'm excited. <laughs> you, you don't need to fuck us. We're excited with you, John. So, chill. <laughs> and we love you. There's your PSD box office report. Also brought to you by boxofficemojo.com with all the information and the numbers. Thank you very much. Now, we brought CT here not to talk about other stuff, but mainly to talk about Star Wars. And it's time. Eric, are you ready for a little Star Wars report? I am ready, man. I am ready. Let's talk a little Star Wars. Well, plainly, plainly, the big news is the release of the cast of The Mandalorian, or at least a chunk of it, which most of these we've already heard, okay? But this is from StarWars.com, and they, you know, they probably carry a little more weight when it comes to knowing about this stuff. But, uh, yeah, (laughs) we see Carl Weathers as predicted and Nick Nolte, as predicted, and Gina Carano, as predicted, and Pedro Pascal is the Mandalorian. He is the title role. So, yes, it, you know, that kind of clears that up, because eh, I think that was up in the air a little bit, but... C- well, CT, it, it I thought is. CT was thinking it was Nick Nolte. <laughs> I mean, it could have been. It could have been. Just kidding, CT. Hi, I was blowing my nose. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. Okay, that's no okay. Problem. No problem. Sorry. I thought you. Were, I thought you said fuck these guys. Fuck these guys. I'm out. <laughs> fuck these guys. I'm gonna I'm get done. some dinner. <laughs> oh my god, that's not even the first time today somebody said that to me either. Really? You've had a bad week. Man. Damn. Uh, I was just. No, saying I was not about. being petty. I was coughing. I apologize. No, no, that's okay. I'm just call. impressed that you like muted everything. I podcast with people who don't do any of that. <laughs> I was I was trying to be polite and then I never turned on my microphone. So now you're just like, why did we invite her on when no, she's no, just going to be sitting good. here? I'll, I'm I just was... here for the live show. <laughs> don't expect me to add anything. Just, I, was, uh, just I, the I was just saying that you were predicting that Nick Nolte was going to be the Mandalorian. That's what I was saying. Clearly, in all my Mandalorian uh, uh, 
theorizing. That was the <laughs> the big one that Nick that was, was the big one. Pull that off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I I don't know why, but I uh, Warner Herzog for some reason that I'm weirdly stoked about that. Yeah, so is a lot of people. And I well, and I'm not sure why. I don't know what I, I expect he's going to do because one of the things you you know you realize that in Star Wars there's always a chance that they won't be a person a human right you know like nick nolte because i don't know if you guys listen to making steel wars on the now this is or they making star wars and the steel wars patreon feeds but it steel asked jason if nick nolte would be recognizable as nick nolte in the show and he said he could not answer that Mm, and in a in a i know and i can't tell you kind of way not in a i have no idea moves along kind of way i forgot uh, well not forgot i uh my dogs are actually flipping out right now outside but nick nolte doesn't look like nick nolte so i get what why jason said that he does, he's not recognizable as himself no no who, who out of this list of people who was the one that like shocked you the most were there any that you were you were floored by ct you go ahead there, no, no real big surprises here. The uh, I have a friend who's a costumer on The Mandalorian right now, and I was trying to ask her before if she like knew any of the casting decisions, and she just knew. She's like, I don't know anyone. I just know there's like an MMA fighter. So I'm I'm forgetting the woman's name who was uh, Gina Gina Carano. Thank you. Yeah, her. And so that was just kind of fun to be like, ah, that must be her whose costumes that she worked on, but. Yeah, there there was no it was just interesting to finally find out because I don't know why they have been so secretive about it, especially because it seems like they've filmed a lot of it and hadn't even formally announced like Pedro Pascal. So right. it's just great to finally get that full list. For me it would be Carl Weathers. I really I mean, I I'm anxious to see where he fits in all of this and what they're gonna have him do. So I mean it's a cool casting, but ultimately I was like, Whoa, that one of these doesn't Almost doesn't fit, but and that would be Carl Weathers, but we'll see what we get. I feel like Carl Weathers has sort of become like a meme of himself. So it's funny. It's interesting to see him actually cast in something because now I just kind of associate him with Arrested Development, which is yeah. unfortunate for his whole entire career. But now I'm like, ah, he was on Arrested Development as Carl Weathers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... That's it's pretty crazy. I am I am very excited that Pe- Pedro Pascal is the lead, though. Mm-hmm. You guys know that I love Pedro Pascal. I think he is the shit. I think he's going to be amazing in this role. So cannot wait for this. Well, yeah, it's pretty cool to have that information because, again, to refer back to to the making Steel Wars, Jason said something that sort of blew my mind, and you know, we talked about how the idea is that. The Mandalorian, or that he finds. Holy crap! What was that? I'm sorry, my my. Do- See, I have two Dobermans, and they have the floppy ears, so Aww. they just yeah, and then so they just shook their heads, and that's, how, <laughs> that's what they do to get my attention. So what you just heard was what I hear every morning. That's how they wake me up. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's so adorable. I but yeah. I apologize. I'm sorry about that. Hey man, no problem. I just want to make sure everybody was okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how I feel every morning. So anyway, where was I going with this? Oh, so something that Jason mentioned is that there's the idea that he finds this baby. That's this important person that's like maybe the last of the Mandalorian race, that sort of thing. And Jason said, what if this baby is 
the Mandalorian. And that's what this whole thing is about. And there was a whole other sideline that went with it, but so much for that. I mean, I guess it could be still, but it is cool to know that Pedro Pascal is the Mandalorian. Unless he's playing a baby. My God, what a breakout role that would be. Man. <laughs> he's Looks a giant baby. baby. Yeah. Yeah, now, so, okay. <laughs> so check this out. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent to this, but Pedro Pascal shared a drawing of his character by Dave Filoni. And get this. It looks like a dude wearing Mandalorian armor. Nuts. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right. I, know, right? <laughs> I thought, I well, I can't believe I, I, I've given out that info. Yeah. Damn. So don't even need to watch the show now. Yeah, but anyhow, Sprite's not wearing that, a cowboy hat. Yeah. <laughs> when he takes off but the I, helmet, I, he has a hat under it. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, sorry. I'll. I'll. So many jokes here. Okay, so on target now. That that's all right for me. Okay, you get you guys know music is a big big deal for me, and both John Williams and John Powell were uh, nominated for Grammys for The Last Jedi and Solo: Star Wars Story. <laughs> I heard about which. I think is pretty, pretty great. However, except, and and there's a pretty sad, however, following this variety said that apparently solo, a star Wars story has been disqualified for various reasons. And basically it amounts that composed by John Powell with themes with John Williams was nixed by the board as having been entered too late for the competition Mm. to get an Oscar dude. That, that that is beyond unacceptable, man. That sucks. You, That's some bullshit. Because that score is fantastic. It mm-hmm. the guy crushed it. And when you watch his process, I know. Oh, here comes Eric. Let's talk about music. It'd be oh, no, adored. Please, please. But, but when you watch his process, it is he's like so modern and right now the tools he uses his his thought process what he shares with the fans and all of that stuff it's he is great and that would have been a fantastic score for for him to you know get some accolades for and plus man let's be real solo could have really used a win yeah that's true that's true speaking of solo let's get ct's opinion on solo what was your opinion on solo ct Oh, man, I don't want to be negative. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, um, mute, mute I, your mic, CT. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and I will see you guys later. Bye. <laughs> it was nice. Thank you for having me on. But yeah, I, I get a lot of flack for this, and I've been I've been told to shut up from multiple people. Not really, but they're like, we like listening to your podcast, but you can't keep bringing up that you didn't like Solo. And I'm like, yep, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, <laughs> like, it's quite it, all right. Yeah, it. Like, I will be honest, it's the only Star Wars movie that I don't like. And it, it's really unfortunate because I actually got to go to the premiere for it. And I was so excited to be able to get to go. And I was just, I so I didn't know anyone else that was there, really. Uh, Sky Talkers, who's another Star Wars podcast, they actually sat in front of me. And so that was my first time meeting them. Oh, that's But cool. other than that, I didn't really know anyone there. And I kind of had this, this uh, shit list haha <laughs> for like that. I like that <laughs> for uh, solo before i went into it being like if these things happen in this movie i'm out and all uh, of them are crossed oh uh, no <laughs> so I, really so i'm like yeah so i'm like laughing because at this point it's comical 
of all the things I didn't want to happen. The first one being that Han's last name is Solo because he was alone. I thought that was. Oh, you call that? You call that before you went and talk? Oh yeah, I'm like, why? I, I'm like, if they do that, I'm gonna be so mad. And then they, the second he's like, the guards just like, who are your people? And Han's like, I have no people. I'm like, God damn, they're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> they did the thing. And then oh, also, man. people, I'm glad people really liked the movie. A lot of people did really love this movie. I don't harbor any resentment towards people who liked it or enjoyed the twists. Because another thing for me is I comically hate Darth Maul. I really hate how he's shoehorned into everything now. Right. And so the second he showed up in Solo, I just burst out laughing. I'm surrounded by no one that I know, and I'm just, everyone else is shocked, and I'm just here laughing because, of course, <laughs> the big twist in Solo that's already crossed all of the things that I didn't want to happen is like, you know what? We're going to add Darth Maul. Did you call that one too, or you, just, you were just pissed? Oh, yeah. That was, that was not on my shit list for okay. Solo okay, I because I was not expecting it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but I was like, if I would have even thought it was possible, it would have been there. Wow, that's crazy. Okay. But I think the music was really good. The music was excellent. Yeah. So I do think it deserved to be on that list. Oh, okay. Well, at least you like the music. What did you yeah. think? What did you think about Alden? About Alden? Mhm. I think the I think his performance was fine. I think it was great. I don't think his role, his character arc was written well. I don't think okay. the arc itself was written well, but I think Alden played the role perfectly fine. Okay. I think great. all the acting was fine. Great. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Hey, this is what's great about, well, this is what's great about a certain part of the Star Wars community where you can disagree and we can still have a good time and we can kick you off right now. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, cool. All right. And we're going to ask you some other questions about Star Wars and your, your favorite memories. Do we really want to? Though? I don't think so, but we're still going to do it. They're all very negative now. Yeah, they're like. They're all very I dark. Hate I hate Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Ryan Damn. Johnson can go suck it. Damn. <laughs> Go ahead, Eric. I'm sorry. I, I'm t- completely derailed now. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know what to think. But I, I, I guess I don't like Solo now either. Hey, you, you, you totally you changed de- my mind, Eric. Did you say derailed on purpose? I did. Of Solo, I did. Mm. So <laughs> we talked about the Galaxy of Adventures, and there's more episodes of it. Oh, I have you guys it. watched them? No, I haven't. I think Boo saw it. Uh, uh, I didn't see all the new ones. I think I saw two of them. The two newest ones I didn't get to see. Okay. Which is kind of ridiculous because well, they're like a minute long, but I apologize. You just didn't have time, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just couldn't fit it just in. Fit it in just huh? couldn't fit. Ooh. So, yeah, okay. That, that's, we'll, that, that's a hanging curveball. Yeah, sure is. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, just watch them. That's all I can tell you. Okay. There's, there's one. It's probably the best one is... It's called Luke versus Emperor Palpatine. You will witness the final destruction of the Alliance and the end of your insignificant rebellion. Everything that has transpired has done so according to my design. I will create a grand army. The Republic will be reorganized into the first galactic... Empire! Your fleet is lost. There is no escape. The Alliance will die. As will your friends. 
The way it's put together and what they do with Palpatine and the way it turns around, it's super well done. I would love to see a long form animation that tells a story the way this did. It's it is really, really cool. There's also one that I'm partial to called Luke versus the Death Star. A precise hit should destroy the station. Stabilize your rear deflectors. Watch for enemy fighters. Lock in spoils of attack position. Heavy fire, boss. 23 degrees. Watch your back, Luke. Fighters above you coming in. Get set up for your attack run. The X-Wing assault where Obi-Wan Kenobi tells him to use the Force. And everything slows way down. And it's it's like watching a hummingbird flap its wings. So is it the perspective of you being in Luke's head? Let go. Yeah, oh, for just a second. Yeah, That's it's cool, man. It's very well done. And like I said, this would, this animation style is really, really, really tight. And uh, do you guys remember Battle of the Planets? We've talked about that before, yeah? Battle of the Planets. It, it, it was a cartoon from Araj when you and I were young. <laughs> Thanks. I but, think I might remember. I think we talked about this, yeah. Yeah, people think it was called G-Force. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that's Battle of the Planets. There is a scene at the end of Luke versus Emperor Palpatine that is straight up, I mean, reminded me of that show so much. And I haven't seen it in, Jesus, 38 years, was it, was something that? like that. Okay. Yeah, and that was back when you could have politically incorrect things, like the fat dude's name was Tiny. Yes, and or like Porkins. stuff like that. Yeah, CT. But, what do you think anyway. about this whole galaxy of adventures? I love these shorts. Um, I'm I'm an illustrator. I, I worked in the animation industry. Uh, so this, I love this animation style so much. I love what Star Wars animation is doing. I agree. I think the one with Luke and Palpatine is the best one we've seen yet. It 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 really was so good and actually like in in a minute and a half it made me tear up. Aww. It was just so well done in this little short. But I absolutely love these the style of this animation in particular. I think uh like the very first one with Luke when he's just on Tatooine, just oh, how he's animated. It's just so, so beautiful. Cool. It's beautiful. And yeah. I, we talked about last week how we're so upset that they're only a minute, but we're yeah. praying and knocking on wood every day that they after whatever, like forty of them are out. Hopefully, they kind of supercut and make make them in chronological order. Oh yeah, that'd be really cool. Oh, that'd be so cool. Mm-hmm. And somebody will do it if it's mm-hmm. not Disney. Somebody will do it. Oh yeah, yeah. YouTube is always a miracle. It is. Yeah. You know why? Because of the Knights of Rant. <laughs> yeah, that's us. That what is, a- that is you. <laughs> Very, are they going to do it every couple of weeks? Is that what it is, Eric? Yeah, man, I'm not really sure. I I hope so. That'd be cool if we have some dump out every week. Hey. I, I can't remember who it was. Let me look it up real quick. But there was a, a tweet that Steele shared today, or maybe I saw it on Facebook. I don't remember. But it was um, an, a long animation that's very similar to this that somebody did tons of scenes thrown together with a 
like a side soundtrack. And I'm not sure what the source of it is, but oh my gosh, it's so good. CT, you are a also a big fan of Resistance, correct? Yes, I'm a huge fan of Resistance. And you being an illustrator, which is awesome. Uh, yeah. I am very, very happy with the style of animation. I'm a big Voltron fan from back in the day, and it reminds me of Voltron so much. Mm-hmm. What is your initial take on how... I know you said you love how the uh, Galaxy Adventures looks. How about the Resistance? I absolutely love Resistance. And I will say I'm a little biased for Resistance because I worked on the show, uh, the Nickelodeon show, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 2012 version. Yeah. Okay, let's back the truck. (laughs) You got to work on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on Nickelodeon. Yes. Wowzers. Okay. How was that experience? Tell us about that. It's an experience. There's a reason why I choose not to work at Nickelodeon anymore. There was a lot of wonderful people I worked with, but at the same time, some of the opposite as well. But there's a a lot of... It was a really amazing experience. I really loved working on a show that had such a strong fan base, that like an existing fan base. That was really fun to do. That was probably one of the most fun parts about working on the show. But the executive producer of that show, which was one of my favorite people to work with, was Brandon Amon, who is now executive one of the executive producers of Resistance. Oh, so, that's so cool. Yeah, it's super cool. So he actually invited me up to go to the Resistance premiere at Lucasfilm, which was really awesome because he knows what a, a huge Star Wars nerd I am. And he's like walking me around Lucasfilm. And I felt I was so embarrassed because he's like, she's a giant nerd to everybody there. I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to act cool here, man. Yeah, trying to hard. like make that's face, hard. you know? I'm sure that was almost impossible to do. Yeah, it yeah. was. Impo- it was pretty impossible. But yeah, TMNT was, was an experience. I'm super honored to be able to like have my name somewhere in the credits of uh, something in the TMNT franchise. That's amazing. Yeah. It was really cool. Plus, you're a big TMNT fan, right? Yes. And Boo, you are too. Yep. And we had uh, Ralph Anastasia from Cake Boss on here. He's one of the uh, designers at Cake on the show Cake Boss. I don't know if you ever watched it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a huge TMNT fan. Huge. Heck yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Okay, so going back to Resistance, so you love the style. Maybe I do. You're a little biased, but that's okay. We're all a little biased. A little biased. I'm, I'm very happy for a close friend of mine being able to be like an executive producer on this show. That's, so yeah, it's I pretty exciting for that's me. really exciting. That's really yeah. cool. Okay. How about the storytelling and the characters and all that? I know you love a specific character, correct? Uh, I love Toradoza and I love Kaz a lot. But Toradoza is – she's quickly like – climbing the ranks of like my all-time favorite star wars characters because what i always say like when it comes to my favorite like star wars character i just kind of pick out the biggest loser and they're my favorite one and loser can mean a multitude of things like in the original trilogy it's han solo he's the biggest loser but in a wonderful way like when he shoots that council and he's like boring conversation anyway what a loser i love him yeah and exactly and so when in the newest episode of Resistance, or one of the newest ones, when Tora like does a cartwheel to so her dad or one of the robots doesn't see her and she like cartwheels off screen. It's the most extra thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, <laughs> what a loser. I love her. She's great. They do that a lot on that show, by the way. If you look in the backgrounds and stuff, there's there's people like little doing little skips and walks and oh yeah. Stuff. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, like it's so 
it's so well animated, especially for a CG show, because usually it's not that expressive. And I'll say this about the TMNT that I worked on, the 2012 one. They, they, uh, introduced similar principles where they had this sort of anime, um, animation where you kind of have these really cartoonish expressions and elements added into it because anime tends to be a little more outlandish when it comes to cartoons and have these way bigger expressions. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad Resistance is still a- able to incorporate that into their show. So it's still very cartoony and fun and quirky and yeah. just. Kaz is so hilarious too. He's so good. That's right. That's the first week we talked about it. I said, I know a lot of people are bitching about some of the facial expressions, but then I asked Les because Les is a big anime guy. I said, that's very common in the anime style. Les? Yeah, completely. Yeah. And so people were bitching for the wrong reasons. Like, well, yeah. you know, people find, of course they bitch do. about anything. Yeah. It's, it is yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's Star Wars. Of it's course, they're going to complain about it. It's Star Wars. Yeah, I love the show, too. I love the animation. I know Eric's a big fan of Resistance. I love it, man. It is fantastic. My kids adore that show. Disney loves that. Yeah, and speaking oh, of yeah, kids. Yeah, speaking of kids, this is the coolest thing. We should have started the episode with this yes. information. CTU, if you don't know, Les and I work at a nonprofit organization that serves at-risk youth. We have a school program that we do curriculum, athletics. It's a lot of fun. We've been there forever. Yeah. And Les has had the great opportunity over the last week to do curriculum. And we based it, or he based it on pop uh, culture. Pop culture. And the first week, the curriculum that he made was about Forces of Destiny. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And he couldn't teach the class, so he asked me to teach it. And I had an absolute blast. And it was all the first six or something. It was all about the female leads and... We mm-hmm. talked about how important female leads are and how great it is to see females doing his, like kick-ass things. And yeah. It was just awesome. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, today, well, actually yesterday, I was able to do uh, – so I talked about high culture, low culture, and basically how pop culture is for the masses and what would be deemed the classics are for you know the wealthy. But I said, you know, sometimes these things combine mm-hmm. and these worlds collide. And in, in my presentation, I set it up to where the next slide that popped up was uh, the opening theme of Star Wars. Eric, you would have loved it. We dived into John Williams. And then I just went into John Williams and how he's done like the music in classical music. He's composed, you know, like great composers do. And he's composed for, you know, Harry Potter. And I just... Did a few other slides of like Jurassic Park, Harry Potter. They freaked out during Harry Potter, didn't they? Oh, they they loved it. Just went nuts. You would have been proud of sc- screaming and oh my god, <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and these are all fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. Yeah, and they're just like, wow, we did it. I'm like, guys, yes, th- this happens. And yeah, the interesting part of when I was teaching the class, one of the kids asked me how come the Ewoks <laughs> had a dress for Leia. So I had to let them know that he Ewoks, had to break it to him. I said, he started gonna, it. I said, Ewoks probably ate a woman <laughs> because they were about to eat, mm-hmm. you know, our favorite characters. So the only explanation I have is they probably ate somebody that's her size. And they oh my God. Girl. Yeah, I had to do it. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. They, they, the spiral continued because today I did Spider Man and I had to bring up uh, Gwen Stacy's death. Oh, and oh that's right. I have the actual in the slide show presentation is the actual panel where he, quote, saves her and pulls her leg with the webbing and her neck snaps. And the kids are like, is she dead? And I'm like, uh, yeah. We're going to definitely get some phone calls tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. oh is God. this too much for you guys? And they're like, no, nah, we're cool. I'm like, okay. Uh, so, yeah, we'll 
Yeah, I'll be fielding some uh, angry parents yeah. for the next few days. Did you show, did you show death to my kids? Sorry. What the fuck? And be like, well, Spider-Man did it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry to digress, but we thought we should tell. We thought we, you'd be proud of us. Very. Yeah. Okay. That's great, man. Yeah, it was, really was cool. fantastic. It was really cool. Okay, back to Resistance. So, Eric loves it. His kids love it. We all love it. They're doing a great job with it. I don't know how the ratings are. I, don't, I haven't heard anything news-wise about how it's doing. Has anybody heard anything? Nobody? Well, I don't think they really take into account ratings for a show that... Well, would... they did. They did for Rebels. They, uh, did. they bitched and complained about Rebels forever. I mean, maybe, but I, I don't know if they really... But I it's not like they're going to put it up there like, you know, Walking Dead's lost viewership. You know what I mean? Like how that how those things come out. Right. All right, cool. Anything else in the Star Wars world? I, oh, uh, Eric, I know that they had a picture of the Millennium Falcon from Galaxy's Edge. Oh, yeah. Oh, I want to get on that thing. It's just not fair. It's not. Well, it is. You know what's great about this, Eric, is it's going to force you to come down to Southern California. You should go to Florida, too. What? You should go to Orlando. Why should you go to Orlando? It's closer. The Sithless isn't in Orlando. <laughs> yeah, but if he's got the ship and the whole no, family. No, right in the middle. I don't think it's closer. Is it closer? See, it's... Yeah, I don't know. Six one half dozen of another. I can tell you where I'd rather go, but it's weird. I feel like the last time that I was in SoCal, somebody from the Sith list wasn't there, and I, I just I feel like <laughs> you feel like hurt. it wouldn't matter where yes. I went because the Sith list wouldn't be there regardless. I apologize, buddy. I will be there. I will be there, I <laughs> dude. I'm there. kidding, man. Until yeah, you, you uh, know, uh, I'll you see you at celebration. CT, are you going to are you going to Star Wars? Celebration? I don't know if you will now. Okay, good. We're gonna hang hey. out. We're gonna hang out during celebration. Eric said, I don't know if yeah. you'll see me. What do you mean? I, I'll see you, Eric. Oh, I'll be there. Oh, okay. I'll see you. <laughs> oh, I maybe dodging. Hey. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so this this video I was talking about, by the way, I tracked it down. The the artist's name is Daz Tibbles, and it's called Star Wars Mega Mix. Two DJ minutes. Diddles. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> DJ you nailed it. Oh. Daz. Tibbles. Oh, Daz Tibbles. My bad. He's a mutual of mine and my art account on Instagram. How fun. I didn't oh, know he there was. it is. He's a mutual. I like that. He's a mutual <laughs> on, on Instagram. I didn't yeah, know he, he made a full big animated thing. Yeah, yeah. He's a mutual of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. How refined. How refined. Yeah. That's highbrow. Debonair. Right. Debonair. So I want to ask CT some questions about Star Wars real quick, though, if that's okay with CT. That's okay with me. Okay. What was your first Star Wars memory and your favorite Star Wars moment? So they could be obviously two different things. All right. So it's it's hard to say what my first Star Wars memory was because I feel like I was born just... Because it's like it was, when I was born, it was just already such a staple in culture. Like, I don't remember a point where... It was introduced to me. Like I always, I feel like I always knew, like Darth Vader was Luke's father and Luke and Leia were brother and sister. And I kind of wish I could remember my reaction to those moments, but I feel like I just came out of the womb knowing. I feel like that was just ingrained in my DNA. By the way, Leia said that as well. Uh, yeah, that's true. Ooh, that's true. Yeah, the Force. Am Full I circle. Right? Full circle. Yeah, but like early, early Star Wars memories is. Uh, I mean, I definitely thought the Oscar was uh, C-3PO until, like, my late teens, which is pretty <laughs> embarrassing. But I'm like, That's duh. Awesome. The, it's obviously C-3PO. I mean, Star Wars is, like, the movie. So, clearly, the biggest movie awards would be represented by C-3PO. <laughs> and 
yeah, just watching the movies uh, growing up. And I think, like, Revenge of the Sith was the, and Padme were, like, the first characters that I really, really, really remember being like, I love this more than anything. Like, Padme Amidala was the mo- was in her her speech to Anakin on Mustafar. Like, I think that was the moment that I'm like, nothing is better than this. And I know it's the prequels, but oh, no, you could, that, to me, uh, there's, there's I was moments. 13 and this was, I was all about this. And I heard, I heard, I heard yesterday you guys talked about the prequels for two and a half hours. Is this correct? It, it, yeah, it was a lot of prequels, a lot of sequel trilogy for a very long time and still was like, yeah, this would be like a 90 minute episode. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm on cold medication and you got me going. And once it's once it starts, I just don't stop. That goddamn Sudafed. Uh, it just it just happens. It makes me very enthusiastic yes, about Star Wars. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but my favorite memory of just Star Wars fandom in general, or my favorite like moment in the movies is which one? Favorite? You if well, that's a great question. Your favorite Star Wars moment fandom in general could be at one of the celebrations. It could be sitting at the premiere laughing at Solo. It could be anything. <laughs> All right, so I, d- I do have a story for this. It's actually on the, it was probably on the plane going to celebration last year in our, our I guess it'd be almost, yeah, last year in Orlando, a year and a half ago yeah, in Orlando. Right. And it was, so I was in the row behind first class, and my friend texted me, who was also on the same plane, but he was sitting somewhere else, that Hayden was on our airplane. And as someone who's a big prequel girl, a big Hayden fan, that was like, I kind of got really excited about that. I'm like, I don't believe you. He's not on our plane. I don't believe you. And so meanwhile, I have a shirt on with his face. So it's not even like a cartoon Anakin. It's a shirt on with Hayden Christensen's face. It is Anakin, but I'm wearing a shirt with his face on it. That's rad. (laughs) And uh, so... He's obviously going to be in first class. I'm the row behind first class. I keep looking out for him to see if he's actually on the plane. I'm not sure if I believe it. So I wait strategically until the food cart comes. And it stops in front of the coach bathroom. So if I can't use the coach bathroom, that means I have to go up to the first class bathroom. Ah. So I'm going to be a creep and see if Hayden is actually there. And by the way, I was sitting... Like across the aisle from Gary Fisher, which was also really cool. So, oh, that's fun fact crazy. of that part of the story. Yeah. So I'm right next to Gary Fisher, and now I'm on the hunt to see if Hayden's actually on this airplane. So, yeah, I sneak up to the first class bathroom. I don't actually need to use the bathroom, so I just go stand in the bathroom for two minutes to make it seem like I'm there, <laughs> and then I like walk out and carefully look at the people in the aisle, and clear enough, right there is Hayden Christensen. But again, I have a I have a shirt. With his face on it. So, oh yeah, it's a, it was a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, just a tad. <laughs> just a tad. And so I walked back and sat back down, had it confirmed. And the people next to me, like, who I didn't even think were going to go to Star Wars Celebration. I don't know. They weren't wearing that stuff. But when I sat back down, these people, this couple, like, just turns and whispers to me being like, you went up to go see Hayden, didn't you? And I'm like, oh, no, was I that obvious? I was trying to be cool about it. Oh, no. <laughs> And then they told me that originally Hayden was sitting directly in front of us, but he moved because the couple in front of us had a baby. And I, so 
I just think it's funny that they moved Anakin away from the younglings. Oh. <laughs> but they probably moved him because they're like, oh, we don't want, like, a big actor to have to deal with a potential baby crying the entire time. Right. But I'm just here being like, nah, they moved Anakin away from the younglings. And that's hilarious. That is cool. You should have went up to him and said, I loved you in Takers. <laughs> that's what you should have done. I totally, <laughs> totally not said anything about Star Wars. I loved you. In Jumper. You're the best. In Jumper. Yeah. And like, cause yeah, I'm there with my like Anakin Skywalker t-shirt and my C-3PO jacket and my X-Wing leggings. I'm decked out head to toe Star Wars. I have like X-Wing headphones around my neck. I was not subtle about going to celebration. <laughs> so yeah, I did not look subtle trying to be like, all right, is that Hayden? Yes, it is. All right. I, it's probably my creepiest moment, but it That's is okay. one of my favorite that memories. That is really cool. That is a really cool moment. Very cool. I have a moment like that with Jessica Alba. But, no, do you? Uh, not, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> All right. Wearing <laughs> <laughs> uh, a Terry Cloth shirt. With Jessica Alba's face stitched in it? No, no. <laughs> but eh, we won't get into that. Okay. Um, well, that's fantastic. Okay. All right. There's one last thing that I wanted to talk about just because Eric is such a, a great musician. And I want to ask him this question. And I, I know that this is the reason why they named this thing. According to a report from Making Star Wars... In conjunction with the details possibly revealed at Disney Marketing Summit, the new film will see BB-8 earn his own sidekick. And it's called Dio. Look out! Right. Is it... <laughs> That's all I wanted to get from Eric. Is that all you wanted to get <laughs> Or I wanted to get a... Uh, Holy diva! Uh, so... <laughs> That's very metal, right? Yes. The, so that look out is from Holy Diver. Yes, yes, he, yes, Ronnie James Dio says that in between the, uh, in the middle of the second verse. Yes, that's right. All right, that's all I want to know. So BB-8, <laughs> BB-8's going to get a little sidekick, a little metal sidekick named Dio. And a lot of the rumor is that BB-8 was based, the name was based on Beastie Boys 8, which is eight albums that Beastie Boys put out. Oh, that's right. JJ's a massive Beastie Boys fan. Yes. Huh. Did you know that's that? That's interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. And Elo Nasty, wasn't there a character in Force Awakens named Elo Asty? Yeah. Which is an album from Beastie Boys called Hello Nasty. Yeah. Oh yeah, my his God, name the hilarious. character's name was Elo Asty. Elo Asty, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. He denies the BB eight stuff, but it's pretty blatant. He denied yeah, the it's out there, Elo yeah. Nasty stuff. Okay. So yeah, th- very cool. That is so, cool. I think, you know, the that droid will probably be the last in line. Ooh. There it is. There it is. We can keep on going, but CT's like, what are you guys fucking talking about? <laughs> this is music that, that mommies and daddies. Yeah, this is music that mommies and daddies used to listen to. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying, very savvy with music. I'm like that weird Broadway girl that's like, I know show tunes. <laughs> there we go. Wow. Okay. We're going to talk a little Broadway then later. Okay. Ooh. Woo. Yeah. Because I am a Broadway kind of dude, but wait, I don't know what that even means. But <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm saying is when I go to New York, I, I always go see a Broadway show. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. The last one I saw was Hamilton. Hamilton's great, On man. Broadway. And I've seen it in LA and it's, it's life changing. It is. Yeah, I went. I saw it when it was in LA too. Oh, it's um, it's amazing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's get into some random schmeels. Eric CT, thank you for indulging us in the Star Wars talk. This might have been the longest Star Wars talk um, we've ever had because we were vamping for 
30 minutes while Eric was looking for information. And also, I'm here because I did this yesterday with Steel, too. And I just blame myself for not being able to shut up ever. I I love it. It's great. And we (laughs) always start off with Star Wars talk. I wanted to talk about this trailer, Triple Frontier. First things first. Any man here that wants to walk away can do so knowing they're the best of us. This gotta be now. There is no ground support. The injuries we sustain, we're walking out with. Make no mistake about it. You guys need to own the fact that we do not have the flag on our shoulders. You cannot go back to your normal life after tonight. Everything we've done for the last 17 years with nothing to show for it. You've been shot five times for your country and you can't even afford to send your kids to college. If we had accomplished half the things that we've accomplished in any other profession, we'd be set for life. I'm your masters of war. The question is, do we finally get to use our skills for our own benefit? We're going to get Gabriel Martin Lorea. He's got over $75 million in cash. If we're not gone forever after you make your move, we are dead. We need to hunt quickly. You cannot think they will find us. It's always a little harder than you think it's going to be. We don't leave nonsense like that. This is not what I signed up for. A lot of people are going to come after you. So we go through. Have you guys heard about this? Yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw uh-huh. that. Okay. Here's the question I have. I'll talk about this first. Triple Frontier is a movie that's going to be specifically on Netflix. It's going to be out in a couple theaters here. Select and there. theaters, yes. Yeah. I mean, they're only doing the select theaters because they have to. Yes. Because the theaters are getting pissed off. And uh, studios are getting pissed off. Yeah, because for consideration and, and for box office it, too, right? For just for consideration money. for awards and stuff yes. like that. Ben Affleck, Charlie Hunnam, Oscar Isaac. And Garrett Hedlund. Hold on. You're forgetting another guy. Who? Pedro Pascal's in it. You're right. And Pedro Pascal. Yeah. It's oh. a loaded cast. And it's, it is. It's, the screenplay is written by Mark Bowl, who wrote Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty. This would be a blockbuster film, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Right? Just, just based off, if you were to say those five names, yes. without even saying what a synopsis is, the movie title or anything, you'd ask people, you get to see this? They would say yes. And then the trailer comes out and it looks fucking amazing. It does. Oh, it looks great. It does. And when you see Oscar Isaac and, and Pedro Pascal, Pedro Pascal, and you're like, oh shit, that's Charlie Hunnam. Right. You're like, okay. So my question is, is Netflix doing more harm than good with not releasing this in the theater as a blockbuster film that we can go watch the, in a huge screen with popcorn? And, and have a great time and have it feel like we're watching a big blockbuster and a good movie instead of watching it in your bedroom or your living room and pausing it and going to take a leak. So I want everybody's take on this. I, and I'm very happy that Netflix is making great movies. Don't get me wrong. But is this 
where we're heading to. Do, do you feel it's cheapening it? Like it's kind of making it? I, no, I feel like I'll do my opinion first. I feel like I'm losing out on the experience of seeing it in a theater. Yeah. So it's, it's dampening it for you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead, boo. You go first. Uh, not, not just with, uh, the experience in the movie theater and stuff like that. Marketing, putting this into, uh, spots on, you know, local TV networks, cut-ins uh, during movie or uh, during football games and other sporting events. This is just because Netflix has pioneered the way of this movie comes out in two months. Boom. Here you go. They drop a yeah, trailer. I know. Two months. It's coming out in two months. Right. Enjoy it. Where everybody's just like, oh, fuck. When other movies like Star Wars, Marvel movies, they take months and months of marketing, multiple trailers. Right. Netflix has pioneered one trailer. Look what we're going to put out. This is when it comes out. Sit down and watch. That's great for them. But for a movie industry that needs people to get hyped up, needs to be reminded and reminded, like, oh, look, it's coming out in a few months, few months, few months. Here you go. It's coming out soon. Look at this movie in theaters. Look at the awards. Look how much money it's making. That kind of thing. This is changing it all. Changing it all. So it is very bad. It is very bad for the movie industry because when I saw this and I saw it was a Netflix produced thing, I was like, bitching. I could sit down, watch it in my underwear. Not have to fucking go anywhere. I don't want to picture that. That's well too late. Um, I was like, yeah, this is this is awesome. It, it it made me nervous though because I was like, you know, some people. I I love the experience of being in a movie theater. Right. The sound, the popcorn, the soda. You know, sitting down in the chair, getting the right and seat. That's, and I would think that's what the director would want you to where he would want you to watch it. He yeah. or she. Yeah. But it's. But wait, if you'd given me the option of watching this in a movie theater, an action movie where there's a great sound, yeah. I want the noise rattling, right, right, right. Or all that, or sitting at home, yeah, I'd rather be at home. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm serious. Like you maybe love being in your maybe that much. Maybe Infinity War or specific movies, but for movies like this or other things, you know, similar. No, not not the major Star Wars or major blockbusters. I'd rather be at home. Look, I just saw Creed 2. Last you saw it, you yes. haven't seen it yet. I have not. I'm okay. going to, though. Guaranteed. That movie would have been such less of a great experience if I saw it in my living room. Because seeing it with the, with the music crowd. and with the sound and the crowd cheering made it a good movie. If I would have saw it in my living room, I probably would have said, oh, I was all right. The experience itself, watching in the theater, was fantastic. That's an that's an interesting concept See, though because but, is it the movie or the crowd or the well, it's, the, the it's feeling the entire, that it that it's it's the experience? But, but, but when you go see Avengers, when you go see these big blockbusters, Star yes. Wars, the crowd goes crazy and they start cheering mm -hmm. and gets your blood pumping and you get goosebumps, right? You get the goosies because the crawl comes up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I use goosies. I'm sorry. So, um, I love the goosies. <laughs> uh, isn't that what you want out of a film? CT, what do you think about this whole concept? Yeah, I, I feel very similarly. Um, it's hard because at one point, I love the idea of just being able to watch something from the comfort of my own home. But when it when it comes to these like big blockbuster movies, like Star Wars, like uh, the Avengers, like the Marvel movies, the audience interaction is in like just the big screen, everyone there, it's part of it. And I wouldn't want to give that up. So it kind of just really depends on the movie. And also, I've, I've learned this, just the audience interaction with a movie is a very American thing. And so, so like, uh, I went to go see Avengers uh, with someone who was from the UK. 
and I the, like the first Avengers. And afterwards, well, she was so embarrassed at me because or at the crowd because we were like applauding at the movie. And she was like, you know, no one can hear you, right? Like she was so embarrassed that everyone was cheering or applauding or yelling or crying. And she's like, you know, none of this is real, right? Like she was so like surprised that people were were reacting so largely to a movie. And I think that's that's really uh like such a big part of the experience depending on the blockbuster. Oh yeah. You know what, TT, it's interesting you said that because I got to see Rogue One on opening night mm-hmm. in London. And the crowd was so quiet that yeah. I, thought, I thought that they didn't like the film. Mm-hmm. But after the movie ended, they just roared. Right when the yep. movie ended when the credits are out. But they didn't make a noise throughout the entire film. And I was like I was like so excited and I was like saying things in my head. I was like, oh I guess I'm not supposed to talk or something. I don't know what's going on here. This, this is how they do it in England. This is how they do it in England. You're like, oh shit. Um, yep. But you're right. They just stay quiet. They're very proper and they do little golf claps at the end. But they were they yep. were very excited at the end. You're right. That's how it is. Yeah, it is it is really interesting. But yeah, I it definitely just kind of depends on what kind of movie it is, but I, I wouldn't give up that theater experience for for definitely some of the bigger ones. And I don't even like these new chairs where you can lay down and put a blanket on and call a waiter. Oh, I love those. You, I know 99% of the people love them. Where's I the just, blanket coming from? I just from? don't like it. Be- well, you have to bring a blanket. If you're I was about clever, to say, I was like, damn, you're clever, where are you, you going? Good, but you can get a blanket in there, buddy. I don't feel like I'm in a movie theater and I I start falling asleep and I don't feel like I'm engaged as much as I would like in a really shitty chair. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So as far as Netflix goes, I I personally think there's enough room at the table for everybody to, to get a piece. So for the big studio movies, you know, to be able to release into theaters and then also to have a home experience, I think there's enough room for it. And I think they just made, so you see they have Bright, like they released Bright, the Will Smith one. Oh, yes. That was yes. never going to make any money in the theater. No. No. So that I think this is just a good strategy. But some of the movies, I mean, but like this, this one, they should. This one. How about you? You know, it's it's. Look at what's being dominated and what's the anticipation for the box office now. It's all franchises. It's all franchises. It's almost all. But if you don't uh, put out movies like this one less, it'll, it'll never break the mold anymore. True. You have a point, and then, but it's also, it, it, I mean, it's kind of a cliche, right? These guys are the yeah, it's work like our ass off, like and Narcos. we never get anything. It's our, it's time for us to take ours, yeah. you know. And but having these kind of guys, it's the yes, the actors may just drive this, and you're right. I just feel, I mean, I may not go to see it opening weekend. I would probably end up going to see it at some point, or ultimately, like. Most of us do. We just wait for it to come out on Netflix any freaking way. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. So, I mean, I, I'm not really, I'm kind of warm. You know what I mean? I'm not really, I don't lean to either side. I'm just okay. right down the middle with it. Now, with, with Eric, who has kids, and he probably, Eric, I'm not going to speak for you, but I'm sure that you respect the fact that they're putting quality stuff out on Netflix where you don't, you don't have time to go to the movies, correct? It is pretty handy. You know, as we've talked about, what's, what, what Will they ever go to a model where it's like a pay-per-view where you do it at home instead of having to go out? And, I mean, there are certain things that I would only want to see for the first time in a in a big theater with banging sound and all of that. And almost every one of them will have Star Wars somewhere in the title. 
but <laughs> for stuff like this that I might not go see otherwise, then yeah, that's awesome. Now, yeah, can yeah. they generate yeah. the kind of cash it takes to have the budget it takes to make movies like this Dude, in that, this business model? That I don't know. The, Eric, that's the question that, that I had major one, since yeah. day one. How are they making money? Now, I know they're making money because everybody and their mothers has Netflix. But like I said before, it's not like who doesn't have Netflix now? CT, do you have Netflix? Yes, I do. <laughs> everybody everybody here have Netflix? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know anybody personally that doesn't have Netflix. So who are they adding on each month? Like, haven't they tapped out on No, certain but then they months? also have like the piggyback deals like with T-Mobile and other phone companies. You know, they get, get that, automatic Netflix they're making subscription. Like, they're making movies that are the budgets are about Seventy-five to one hundred million dollars. Oh yeah, for this, this one for sure. This yeah, movie right here is yeah. at least one hundred fifty million. Hundred, not one hundred fifty. One hundred million dollar budget. Oh yeah, yeah. See, but but with Netflix, what they're able to do is cut middlemen almost. Cut middlemen that different different uh, big movie studios would have to tap into, where they would have to talk to this uh, this marketing team. That marketing team, these people to make a different production, these people different places, you know, things like that. So what they're able to do is maybe not make a movie for a cheaper price, but make it, I, I guess, spread their money out less kind of thing. I, where they where they spend the moon, they spend the money on the movie, okay. which essentially makes it cheaper, which gives them a more uh, a better return on investment. But 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 what in but what return is what I'm saying is. A studio that makes Bohemian Rhapsody yes. that costs $50 million, yes. right? It's made $500 million, mm-hmm. right? Getting close to $600 million. Yes. That is a lot of profit. Mm-hmm. Let's just say with marketing and everything, it's $100 million. That's $400 million of profit they just made. Yes. What profit is Netflix bringing in for this film that they just spent $100 million on? It's not It's not the – but you see, see, that's different because with a movie studio, it's one product. With Netflix, it's a boatload of products, but they get paid millions of dollars each month by millions of subscribers around the world. But are they so, adding more subscribers like crazy? I'm sure they have to. Maybe not yeah, like crazy, but they have to. Markets they haven't even yeah, tapped. look, see, it's, see, but it's it's eleven. It's a whatever whatever package you have. But I think it's the the bare minimum is eleven dollars a month by millions right. of people per month. That's that's a but, that's a more steady revenue than any movie studio can fathom. You yeah. know, oh, you know what is it? it yeah. It's it takes months for uh, that's true. you know, the, uh, returns what is it? on the investment. D- yeah, no, but yeah. Disney, d- yeah, exactly. But a return on the investment, like Disney, will make a billion dollars in under a year on a movie. That's great. That's good. But that's one instance in one movie over a few months. Netflix is making millions of dollars per month, guaranteed. Oh, not because yeah, they're making. Yeah, yeah, they're making millions because millions. Uh, they're making well, yeah, crazy I, amount of money. I know, yeah, but but still, and with the auto pay and all that stuff like that, they don't really need new subscribers because they have people locked in already who watch, you know, reruns okay. of The Office, reruns so of my Friends. Point is, why why pay these actors? Why pay a hundred million dollars to make Triple Frontier when we don't give a shit? Really, we're not going to cancel our subscription if Triple Frontier doesn't get made. 
it might be chump change to them. It might just be, you know, look, look what we can do. Look what we can produce. And it, and it gives them. Netflix er, is a front for the mafia. That's all I'm saying. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and it gives them the, <laughs> the opportunity. Mafia. Yeah. It gives them the opportunity to talk to other actors, other directors, other people, other producers who want to make a movie. Be like, look, we'll do it for you. Sure. You know, because it doesn't really cost that much to us. And it would be easier. It's streamlined. You could do it with us and only with us. We you know we have connections. Yeah, they're to different also people. setting a precedent anyway. They're 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 blazing a trail by doing these kinds of things and getting the the t- calibers of act the caliber. Oh yeah. Of oh, I, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, so I can't believe that what a listers they're getting. I mean, it it's is crazy. Well, speaking of Netflix, Stranger Things three had a teaser out, and it was pretty much just the logo and the number three, but it also had some episode titles. Should I like to go into the episode? <laughs> what? What? Huh? I said, should I go into the episode? So let me give you, there's eight episodes coming up for this third season. This titles are going to be called Susie. Do you copy the mall rats? The case of the missing lifeguard, the sauna test, the source, the birthday, the bite. And the last one, the battle of star court. I'm probably thinking that's going to be a, food court or something i don't know I'm just at the mall I'm just guessing yeah. yeah at the mall or something everything's gonna take place at the mall this time it, it yeah. looks like the mall's getting fucked up this the mall season is pretty fucked ct are you excited about stranger things three are i'm you, very you excited yeah i am too did you like two better than one what's your take i i think I, I liked one better than two personally um but i i didn't dislike two uh i think they're on the right track of making a good series. I, I've I've liked everything they've come up with. Nothing feels like forced so far. So I'm very excited for season three. Yeah, me too. And David Harbour says that this is going to be the best season of all. Huh. So I'm excited that he's excited. And he says mm-hmm. that he said that he, and in an article, I believe, on Variety, in Variety, he said that this is his favorite job that he has acting. Wow. Yeah, he loves acting in general, but this is going back with these actors and actresses and the creators. This is his like ultimate, which is very. That's great. Yeah, which is the trailer. The teaser had a at the end. It said, "In the summer of 1985, the adventure continues," which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's something that came out, and it was really interesting to me, and I want to get all your takes because I saw a trailer called Brightburn. Did you guys get to see this? Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I know James Gunn has been in a lot of hot water with some comments and some tweets that he did 10 years ago or whatever not and stupid ass things that he said and obviously got him subsequently fired from Disney, Guardians of Galaxy and Disney and all that stuff. But I want to talk about what you guys think about the idea. Now, if people don't know, Brightburn is a take on Superman. They don't use the characters' names whatsoever, but it's clearly Superman as a young boy growing up in Smallville, but it's definitely not called Smallville. But instead of being this hero, he goes out and becomes a terror with all his powers. And it's a pretty cool concept because I haven't heard of anything like this. CT, what do you think about the concept of this? Can superhero horror work out there in this in this genre of of superhero films and comic book films? I'm... I absolutely love this concept. I'm not a huge horror fan, so this might not be a movie that I genuinely see, but I love how original the concept is. I love that this 
has potential franchise. It could be a f- potential new franchise, which I think we're, I, and I'm in desperate need to see something new. I, I love all the existing franchises. I mean, trust me, I'm here to talk about Star Wars and I worked on Ninja Turtles. I love franchises that have lasted for years and years, but also I'm, I want to see more original stuff. And I think this is a really original idea. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm very excited for it. Yeah. And it, this came out of nowhere. I, I had no idea this was even a thing. Oh yeah, either did I. Yeah. Right? And I saw the trailer. I was like, uh. And right when they showed the like the fields of Kansas and the farm, I was like, this is very Man of Steel in Smallville. What the hell is going mm-hmm. on here? And it said James Gunn. I was like, wait a second here. So it really surprised the shit out of me. And I was like, oh my god, this is uh, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. I thought this was great. Yeah, no, it came out of nowhere for me too. When I, I think it was. Uh, I'm pretty sure like midway through the trailer or maybe towards the end, they they put the James Gunn name on the screen, which yeah. I was surprised about, but yeah. I get it. You know, the, the, the man still deserves credit, even though he shot himself in the foot. Yeah, this looks fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I agree with CT as far as horror, not interested at yeah, all. Boo, by the way, CT <laughs> Boo hates horror. I do. It's scared shitless of horror. Yep. And Same. <laughs> Yeah, we had to uh, like force them to go see it. Yeah, and it was uh, it was outstanding. Being, oh like, God, sitting next to him while yeah. we watched it. Yeah, so that was great. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. Um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, horror is a no go for me. But with this idea where everybody's wondered where Superman is, such a nice guy. He's such a good kid. You know, he's a hero from the day he's you know from the second he's born. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of thing. What if he's not? What yeah. if he's what if he's, he's fucking dick. what if he's fucking evil? You know, maybe the reason why he lands on this planet is because nobody fucking wants him. You know, that kind of thing. That that idea. Really interesting because there's no recourse. Right. Superman is it. He gets pissed, something bad happens, you know, it's over. That's it. You know, I I like the idea that it looks like his mother is the only one who can talk to him, who can reason with him. Who's you played know. by Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. Though. Which I which I love, which I think is really cool because that's the way it would be for a lot of people mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing so yeah this this looks like it could get really really scary really really horror but be a tremendously interesting concept yeah right. i'm like really looking forward to it and and unless i know your biggest complaint with superman is that he's a big boy scout and he's a goody two shoot and he never will do anything wrong so this is exactly what you want uh it's not so much what i want but it is it, it does answer the question of what if yeah, exactly. What if he just like at that age realized, oh, I can lift up a bus and put it like on somebody's my face. one hand, like <laughs> pick it up with one hand, and you know what, bully guy? Yeah, you bully me, fine. I can rip you in half, like that kind of thing. I'm just wondering if there's gonna be a kid Batman hanging around, going, oh, I knew you're gonna fuck up one day. <laughs> I had to get this guy and take him out, like <laughs> just legit funny. watching from far, going, oh, all right, he, I he, see what's happening over there. He's already in bill. Gotham, huh? He's already in Gotham. That's oh. oh, that's right. He's already in Gotham. Eric, what'd you think about this? Eh, it's cool, man. I mean, it it would be funny to see young Batman though. My son could play him because he practices the he practices the I'm Batman all the time. He's four years old, and it is a trip. <laughs> I love that. That is so awesome. Well, yeah, I'm very excited about this. I just, I definitely want to see where this goes and. And see how crazy they get with it. Like, see how gross they get with it and graphic they get. It can, it get, can get pretty fucked up. They can get pretty fucked up. Just oh, yeah, because he could easily just rip someone in half. Yeah, like, right, right, right. Well, well, to end the trailer, you yeah, see him that in, in that hallway. You see his eyes light up. And then the next second, it goes, you see him 
what is it? Well, he's not flying, but super speed super towards speed. somebody yeah. goes dark, and all you hear is crunch and like gut blood uh, gushing. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. So we'll oh, see. Oh man, can't wait for this. Should be fun. I would love a franchise of this too. Yeah, like yeah, a horror was franchise. Franchise, that'd be great. Oh man, this would get real fucked up. Get ah, for some someone who doesn't like horror, he loves dismemberment. Oh, so like you love dismemberment. Like, he hates being scared, and, but he loves maybe. like blood and guts. Oh yeah, <laughs> bowling, doesn't make any dude. sense. Oh yeah, so especially weird. with fucking superheroes. Hell yeah, uh, you like dragons uh, setting people on fire, but you just can't stand. Demonic pop children will pop out and yell and shit moving on its own. <laughs> Hell no. Oh, by the way, real quick. Oh, God. I'm on episode eight of Haunting of Hill House. Good for you. And <laughs> holy shit. It's <laughs> a fucking crazy show. Good for That's you. all I will say. Okay, holy great. shit. I saw the episode that everybody's talking about. The episode with the bent neck lady. No, you mean the bowler cap. Huh? The, the bowling hat. The bowler hat. No, no, no. My big boy hat. Oh, that was the one before. Yes. I'm talking about the next one, the bent neck lady. Oh, my goodness gracious. We could go on a tangent about that oh, show. Let's yeah, wait not. Wait till I finish it. Wait till CT, not. have you seen that at all? Oh, no, I have not. Oh, it has man. the word haunting in it. I'm, I'm it not is. about it. Yeah, it check is the fuck out. Exactly. really freaky. And the best part of it is going and looking at the ghosts that are hidden throughout the entire all show. Over the all over the place. They're these... <laughs> Little, if you look, go on, go online and you look at these stills. There's ghosts underneath staircases, behind doors, yeah, in they're windows. Just peeking out, looking. When you're not, oh looking, god, yeah, you're you had just no idea. chilling, and you would never see them. <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? Oh, it's crazy, it's crazy. So great, great job, Netflix, on this show because it's done very, very well. Acting is great, writing is great, everything is on point. Oh yeah. So let's finally talk Avengers Endgame. Oh man, this is probably what we'll end with, and we'll play the flash round with. CT. Nicely done. End yes. game. End it. Mm. Ooh, you like that? Yeah. CT, you want to get into some Avengers? I'm down. So Joseph sent us a voicemail, a quick one, but he wants to talk a little Avengers. And before we get into it and break down the trailer, let's listen to uh, Joseph's voicemail. Hey, dudes, this is Joe. I'm calling about the Avengers in-game trailer we got last week. Uh, this is something I've gathered from watching a bunch of reviews, breakdowns, and seeing the trailer over and over again online. So this is a very simple trailer. It's very dark. And remember, this is a $200 million-plus budget blockbuster film we're getting here. And it did not see any big explosions, Mm. any big money shot moments, CGI. This trailer solely relied on the emotions of what just happened in the last movie and the connections that we built over time over the last 10 years with these characters. And to me, it's a testament of how well these movies have been made and overall the the direction that the MCU has been going for the last 10 years is just genius. And they can pitch me a movie with just using the story instead of all the big budget stuff we will get. So yeah, I just want to hear you guys' opinion about that. Can't wait to hear from you. Have a good one, guys. Well, first of all, thank you for the voicemail, man. Yeah, definitely. Appreciate that. That was awesome. Marvel has gained our trust with so much. They have plenty of equity. Plenty of equity where we see a trailer like this. We don't need the boom and the flash and all that stuff. The boom, boom, bang, bang, like boo likes, like I always say. <laughs> we are so into the story because we've had 10 years of this. Yeah, just a legit connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And we're going to dive into the story, actually, to the actual trailer in a second. I totally agree with you. It's so great to be invested in a trailer. 
that that we don't need the crazy CGI, the crazy things that we saw with the Captain Marvel no. trailer or the Aquaman trailer. This has been like what ten years in the making, if I'm not mistaken. Like how many movies? Yeah, this no, it's been ten years. Yeah, no, it's ten, ten years. This is as complete of a story that we'll ever get. You know, movie wise, plot wise. I mean, this the, is the end game. Yes, it is. Now, before we break it down, break it down. Like I said, the, the trailer, break it, break it down, break it down. <laughs> um, let's listen to "On the Throne with King Tom," and then we'll get into the trailer, and then we'll finish it up. Gentlemen, the king. Hey, Sith listeners and Sith listeners. So the Avengers have been on my mind. First of all, we got that Endgame trailer last week. I enjoyed it, but I think for a lot of people, they're not going to be happy until they're in the theater for the first time they see Endgame next April. Just that's the nature of ending something like you did with Infinity War. And yeah, we're going to get little hints and and little ideas of what's going to happen, but people want the whole story. and, And I think that's fine and normal. But the other reason Avengers has been on my mind lately is because of the discussion you guys had last episode about the snap and whether its effects will be felt in TV. And I think if if they could get Marvel Cinematic and Marvel TV in the same place, that would be awesome to do. And of course, if Netflix played along, I loved your idea for the Iron Fist show where he snapped out of existence halfway through the first episode. But I don't think we're going to get that. But I have been thinking, as I said, about the snap. And I kind of wanted to get your guys' impressions on a few things. I think it would be great to show a universe dealing with, or a planet even, dealing with the effects of having half of its population just vanish. Having said that, I don't think that's what we're going to get. I think we're going to get hints of that. I think we're going to see kind of the immediate after effects of that on the surviving Avengers. But I think the general consensus is that at some point in this movie coming out in April, time is going to be rewound to right before the snap and the Avengers in full force are going to take on Thanos. I think that's what's going to happen. And I think that outside of those people involved in that battle firsthand, no one else is going to remember that half the universe disappeared. I think that's that's what's going to happen, and I think that also mirrors what happened in the original Infinity Gauntlet comic miniseries. But I, I, I know a few people, namely Araj, had issues, and I'm not putting you on the spot here, buddy, but had issues with the way that Infinity War was handled because of real-world concerns. We knew that a lot of these characters were going to be coming back. Having something as big as the snap, but then in the long run, say they make it so where people don't remember what happened with the snap, does that cheapen the movie for you? Yes. I mean, I, I, I could see where you're coming with your original reasons for not liking the ending of Infinity War or having that rub you the wrong way. But to be honest with you, in a universe where it's shown that time can be rewound by someone wearing a green rock and then turning their wrist counterclockwise, I think hmm. I'm fine. But I just wanted to get your guys' impression on that and the whole snap thing. We have less than six months to go. We're past the halfway point, but I still want some answers. Anyway, thanks for listening, and I will uh, talk with you guys later. Thanks, King Tom. On the throne with King Tom. Dropping some knowledge. Dropping and the thanks deuce. for calling <laughs> Dropping some deuce, is that what you said? <laughs> thanks for calling me out on that one, King Tom. But I will say <laughs> that I will not be happy if people don't remember it, but I don't see any other way they could possibly do it. No, but you have to take into account what he means by people. Like, 
I'm no, pretty he's talking sure about the characters. The characters will have a memory of something. No, he's saying the characters won't have a memory. I I mean I agree with uh, what the that voice message said. I'm really glad they focused on a lot of the emotional weight rather than the big boom pow. Because um, I actually I do agree with the sentiment that um, Infinity War, big old part one, it didn't it didn't hit me as strongly as it might have hit other people because you knew all of those people weren't staying dead. So when you saw this kind of like huge reaction of this ending, you know none of it's really solid. So you're like, well, none of this is sticking around until uh, end game. And now we know like of what we know now. So now is where the real stakes come into play. And I do think I think Infinity War was very good, but it just there wasn't the stakes there that this movie is going to have. And I think we're going to see some really big losses here, actually, for the original Avengers squad. Right, right. I think it'll it'd be really great. I'm glad they're focusing on the emotional weight that's here. I'm glad uh, we finally get Hawkeye and we an Ant-Man. He's they're just going to address that why they weren't there in the original. But yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be really nice to have the Avengers movie have some real stakes um, because the first one, though very good, none of it's permanent. So thank you, CT. I've been preaching I, I this. <laughs> yeah, I've been preaching this forever that because of who they picked to perish. Yeah. Right. That- Second Black Panther was gone. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> none of this is oh sticking. My god. CT, you're on the same. I mean, we're you're in my head right now. Exactly yeah. what I've been preaching, and I've been getting shit on. Heartless, both of you. <laughs> I've been getting <laughs> shit on. Right when Spider-Man and Black Panther went, I was like, oh, go fuck yourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you guys telling? You, you definitely, this is this is not real, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Not obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Obvi. Obvi. Yeah. But this is not real. But now, at the end of this one, it all can be real. Yeah. Like, if we don't see Captain America come back, he's not coming back. Iron yeah. Man dies. He's not coming back. So, yeah, pretty pretty sure Cap is the the biggest fear for this one. Yes, uh, yes. Especially pretty sure the he's the biggest risk. Yeah. Yes. So let's break this thing down real quick. Let's do it. All right. So we first see Tony Stark marooned in space aboard the Guardian ship. Now he's stuck on the Milano. Yes. Right. Right. So that's what we initially first see, and he has this whole spiel. He's sending it to Pepper. Hey, Miss Potts. If you find this recording. Don't feel bad about this. Part of the journey is the end. Just for the record, being adrift in space with zero promise of rescue is more fun than it sounds. Food and water ran out four days ago. Oxygen will run out tomorrow morning. That'd be it. When I drift off, I will dream about you. It's always you. Really sad. Really sad. But the theory that I had was obviously Pepper is going to put on a suit and go save the day. That is a theory. That is a theory. Another one that is pretty strong is that Captain Marvel is going to come by and save him. Okay. She's going to pick him up and and take him back to Earth or wherever he wants to go kind Uh of thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but the Pepper one is where she's, she's going to get into her rescue suit and go find him. Yes, that is a possible one. And is this something we're going to see in the beginning of the film? Absolutely. I, I think this whole trailer was within the first act of the movie. And then we see Nebula mm-hmm. was on board the same yep. ship. She's just watching him wilt away. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That sucks. Um, then we see Thanos. And this is a cool shot. 
beautiful. Because we see this on, on the uh, planet where he becomes a farmer. And this is straight from a, of one of the panels from... Yeah, uh, no, Infinity War. Infinity War. Uh, Infinity but Gauntlet. Did you guys Infinity know? Gauntlet. Yeah, yeah, it was an Infinity Gauntlet. Did you yeah. guys know that when you're watching the end of Infinity War, you see the same Scarecrow? Yeah, on so... the right corner? Yeah, because he, he teleports himself to Titan 2. Titan 2. Which is the... Uh, adjacent to his actual home planet that's not yes. fucked up anymore where right. he can be a farmer yeah yes yes so that's a nice little nod scarecrow yes. was cool you mm-hmm. like that last yeah definitely that was for you they told me they did that ah, for you thanks guys yeah and then we see bruce banner here's the the kind of trippy one right mm-hmm. bruce banner's looking at images of allies who have all gone missing we never see scott lang is there he's missing yep correct shuri is there on yes. that. She's missing. She's missing. But Peter Parker, we all know, perished. But they don't know that. But correct? he's he's missing. But but if Peter Parker is missing, quote unquote. Shouldn't Iron Man also be on that? He probably is. A oh, it was just there. It was just what you saw. Yeah, yeah. we just never saw what you saw. We See, never saw her. No. So the, so she got out of there, and then the snap happened, and we just started seeing dust, clouds of dust. Yeah, and and in a, uh, another thing, so the Avengers are the only ones who knows what happened. They haven't told the world or any other part of the universe. So the missing idea is one that they're going to run with. So everybody, so you know, somebody who lost their significant other, they just know that they're missing. They have no idea why, Unless how. They saw it right in front oh of God! Them. Well, yeah, but but they don't know why or how or who did this so or they for don't what tell reason. Anybody. They don't tell anybody. The only people who know what's going on officially are the Avengers that were there. Huh? Yeah, that's awful. It is. It is very awful. So yeah, you could be sitting on the couch next to somebody and they just disappear. They go missing. Well, there's ashes. I don't think. I think those wilt away eventually. I don't because I, I I don't because you see what's his name uh, Tony Stark holding Peter Parker and he just disappears. If Keith Richards was next to you and his ashes burned down like that, would you smoke his ashes? I, I think I would just get a contact high. I wouldn't even have to smoke okay. him. I just want to throw. That out. <laughs> All right. So then let's talk about Ronan a little bit because then we see Hawkeye, like CT said. Oh man, mm-hmm. and that's Ronan, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, mm-hmm. that's pretty pretty cool. And it and it kind of hurts because that means his entire family is gone. Most likely, that I means like, yeah, and he's killing somebody. A few obviously. people, yeah, yeah. Some either if it's his whole family's gone or part of his family, anyone close to him, he's like, all right, it's over. It's yeah, time it's fucking game on. Else. Yeah, and he gives a really thousand yard stare over to uh, Black sorry, Widow. Black Widow. Yeah, awful. Okay, yeah, it is. and then we see Cap he crying. A, yeah, with a tear in his eye. I do not. I did not need that. You don't like that? I did not need that. that. No, that just hurts. That gave you the gooseies? Yeah, that just hurts. (laughs) (laughs) I think Cap is gone. I think Cap's gone. I think he's basically the most sure of the original Avengers to be gone by the end of this one. That's going to be a sad case. I heard. Because he he has a place to go back to, too, because I could definitely see him just like... Yeah. Oh, wait exactly. A wait exactly. A Hold that was, on. That's a that theory that say, that's a theory that I heard with all this time he travel. To Peggy, he goes he back and, life and he decides to stay. The good thing about that, though, oh, is that if something goes head. on, they can go back and ask for his help. So he doesn't have to actually die, but he can disappear from but, from but, the Marvel Cinematic Universe oh. until they need him for another Avengers or Secret Wars or something like that oh, where he'll be essential. Time out. If he goes back to Peggy, yes. he's still Cap. Yeah. He still doesn't age. Yeah. So? So he doesn't die. No, he just he he'll just, just be around. Yeah. He'll just he'll just be floating He'll just in be the around ether. from like that time 
to present time. Yeah. So, I mean, they could time jump to go get him in essence, mm-hmm. or he could just be chilling and, and waiting. Yeah. The <laughs> Avengers start, the Battle of New York happens. He's he like, just hey, guys, watching everything heard, going you need, <laughs> heard you need a hand. He just jumps <laughs> up and starts whooping some ass. Yeah. yeah. CT, who do you think is really gone in this thing? So, you said Captain America. Is there anybody else that you think that we're not going to see going forward? Uh, basically, I think a lot of the original Avengers. Um, I think I think Thor's probably safe. I think Iron Man is maybe the other one. I think Cap and Iron Man are probably the big two ones. But cool. I feel like I feel like Tony deserves a happy ending. Yes. Uh, so I like I don't want him to. I think Cap would hold the best like emotional weight to go. But I feel like Cap and Tony. Especially, you have you have Captain America's like two replacements like ready to go. I know they both like faded away, but they're coming back. But yeah, yeah, it's it's Cap and Tony. I think are the two oh, big ones. But kill me, CT. I'm sorry. I don't want, Tony but it's to true. Die. Yeah, I, I don't want Tony to. I don't want Tony to die either. But I just feel like if if they're going big, th- those two are the most likely. But I, I, he deserves to be happy. He does. He Him and Pepper to deserve to be happy. Pepper. Yes. Yes. Uh. <laughs> All right. And then at the end, we finally see Scott Lang has arrived at the Avengers headquarters in New York. Is anyone home? This is Scott Lang. We met a few years ago at the airport in Germany. Got got really big. Is this an old message? Ant-Man. Ant-Man. I know you know. I know you know that. It's the front door. That's me. Can you buzz me in? And has his Luis's van, which is really cool. The last time we saw Scott at the end of Ant-Man and Wasp, he was trapped in the quantum realm. With his allies back on the parking garage roof having all turned to dust. One thing that I saw about the Quantum Realm, at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp, you see a lot of lights. Almost like, um, what are those What are those bugs that you trap in the in the jar and they're lit? Fireflies. Fireflies. Almost like they're flying around him Pirates and all that. Caribbean. Yeah, sure. What a lot of people are saying is that those are the souls of everyone who just got decimated. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, so he is literally sitting there just floating and everybody's just coming into the quantum realm just being oh shit in because they just got dusted that's a nice theory yeah i saw I mean, that I was like, nice that's pretty cool it sucks, it sucks. Yeah. yeah but yeah but it is i was like oh shit that's, that's awful crazy. that's pretty cool and i thought that was really cool and that was funny and oh it's great it's great way to end it the trailer was completely serious completely different than any other trailer that we've mm-hmm. seen with marvel put out and there's nothing funny at all until obviously paul rudd shows up and gives that comic relief which was great we all were uh, pretty happy about this. Very Unless, much you so. happy about this Oh, thing? for sure. Yeah. I mean, how can you not be, right? Yeah. I, it it kind of sucks that you see Tony at the end of his rope. But yeah. Yeah. I was like, come on, man. He's got to survive after his yeah, life he's gonna survive. spared. No gonna and then you see him there. giving a distress message and you're like, damn. It's so that the- immediately brought, brought you down. Mm-hmm. Seeing Banner put his head in his hands, you know, and then Captain seeing. Captain with a tear in his eye. Oh. And then seeing Ronan, like you said, he has like just this bloodlust. Mm-hmm. Barton turns around and looks at Natasha, and he's just like, "Looks past her." What do her. I do? What do I right. do? Yeah, it's just he and has no. She, and then that one scene where he says it has, she says it has to work, and he says, "I know." It. Yes, and I the cat with tears yeah. in his eyes. Yeah. Eric, what'd you think about this? I liked it, man. I did. You guys have hit all the points. There's no point in me saying all the <laughs> exact right. same stuff, but you're right. I thought the the comic relief at the end was much needed, but made it yeah right made it really work out. But yeah, as far as who won't come back, or I I think that Captain America is a for sure. But um, past that, man, I don't want to speculate. Nice, respect that. 
CT, are you ready to play the flash round? Perhaps. I don't know. You might get some real dumb answers. I'm going to let you know. That's why I'm doing it. As as long as they're quick and the first one off the top of your head. And Eric always says, you can't get these answers wrong because they're your opinions. Okay. (laughs) But there is one question that I pretty much judge all of our listeners on. So I'm not going to tell you what that is, but you're going to get it. Uh, I've made it this far and now it's all down to this. It is. It's down to this, CT. (laughs) All right, take some more studies. Here we All go. right. All right. It's time for the flash round. This is where we try to figure out what's in that big old noggin of yours. You ready? Good luck. Leia, Padme, or Ray? Ray. See how good you were on that one? Yeah. What's your favorite world to visit on Star Tours? Uh, Star Tours makes me really sick, so I can't ride it. That's my flash answer to that. You know what? It makes me really sick, and I know how to cure your sickness on Star Tours. You want to hear it? Yes. You close your eyes during the hyper speed. All right. Okay. I'm telling you, I'm on the same boat as you. It makes me sick, but it's the hyper speed. Right when you're about to go to hyper speed, close your eyes and wait for it to completely end. I thought it was just that I was getting old. No, no, no. Well, that too, probably. It yeah, because yeah, no other ride. Did you sick too? Yeah, yeah. Close your eyes during hyper speed. Because I was like, fuck, it might. Because I remember being a kid, roller coasters, rocking them, no problem. But this, I was like, this is not even a fucking ride. I'm yeah. sitting in a chair. You know what? Yeah. You know what makes me sick on that ride? Kashyyyk. I'm sick of it. Done with it. <laughs> I, so, yeah, I can tell you my least favorite is Coruscant. Coruscant makes me so sick. Oh, yeah. Coruscant's rough. Yeah. There's just so many things flying at you in opposite <laughs> directions. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, here we're back on the flash round. All right, back in it. Back in it, back in it. Uh, Favorite musical artist or band? God. Quickly. Uh, Fast, quick, now. (laughs) It's so embarrassing. The only thing I can come up with is like weird Disney bands, which is not true, but just a stupid answer. Uh, uh, Owl City. Owl City. Into the Spider-Verse or Spidey Far From Home? Uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Which comes out this week, guys. Very excited about it. Me too, me too. Luke or Han? Oh, damn. Um, if you would have asked me two years ago, I would have said Han, but now it's Luke. Oh, okay. Superman or Batman? Batman. Solo or Rogue One? I know the answer to this one. Rogue One, yeah. A hundred times. <laughs> Favorite Avenger? Can I say Bucky? Does he count? Absolutely. Yes, he does. All right. Bucky Barnes. Favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? Raphael, duh. <laughs> Not video- a question. Favorite video game ever? Final Fantasy X. Mm-hmm. Nice. Wonder Woman, Captain Marvel, or Black Widow? Uh, Wonder Woman. Nice. You know what? Yeah. I'll side with DC on that one. Yeah. Favorite toy? I have an answer to this. Okay. So my most sentimental toy that I have is a stuffed Pikachu from when I was like five years old. And it's the most precious thing that I own. So I'll say that. Aw. Nice. Yeah. That's really nice. Biggie or Tupac? Tupac. Nice. Nice. That wasn't the question that was the most important <laughs> though. Favorite right. non-Star Wars movie? Okay. I'll get judgment for this, but it's Phantom of the Opera, and it's not a good movie, but it's still my favorite Which non-Star Phantom Wars movie. Which one? It's like the 2012 one that with Gerard Butler that's so uh, yeah. awful, but I don't yeah. care. I love it. Okay. Favorite Broadway musical? Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the one in Vegas? I have not seen the one in Vegas, no. The one in Vegas is pretty crazy because the entire theater is actually a character. Oh, interesting. The chandelier does crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it on Broadway a few times and I've seen it here and I'm excited for it to come back. It's touring next year as well. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. And the most important question of the night. All right. Please 
Because we've been, CT, we've been on the same wavelength with a lot of these things. And Oh, I'm so afraid. <laughs> yeah, this one's very important to me. Okay. Beyonce right. or Rihanna? Okay. I, I don't know enough music. Uh, oh, don't even think about music. Just Beyonce right. or Rihanna? <laughs> Beyonce. Oh, I love you, CT. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> She's so petrified. I was straight. She just pulled that out of her ass. Yeah. I was going to say Beyonce. Okay. But you know what? That's the right answer. All right. Good. Yes. Good. I'm like, I, I, I know Beyonce is a person more. Not that I actually know her, but. Great choice. All right. Phew. You, you did amazing. Man, I was sweating, sweating bullets. Yes, and that's the Sudafed again. <laughs> that's the Sudafed. It is. Yes. That, that's also yeah. It's probably the fever. It's the fever chills it happening. Yeah, yeah, you got the. This is all been a fever dream for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's actually really happened. But, yeah, but... <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on. I know that you're not feeling well, and I know that you're you're pretty much on sudies. But we really, <laughs> really, really appreciate you coming on. This was a blast, and uh, we can't thank you enough. No, thank you for having me. That was super fun. And it, it's not that much of a struggle. All I had to do here was sit and talk. So if you, if you were asking me to run a marathon, I may have complained more. Yeah, I but ask that's that perfectly fine. No, I'm not going to. Okay. Thank where where oh, can man. people find your amazing YouTube channel and also listen to your amazing podcast? Uh, you can find my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Knights of Rant. And my podcast is Who Talks First, in which you can find on Twitter at Who Talks First. And I run a fandom store called Squadron Goals. So if you're interested in Star Wars merch, I make some of it. So that's Squadron Goals. You know what, CT? I didn't know that. And I actually followed you today on Twitter. Really? Yeah, that's also me. <laughs> that I did not know that. And I was like, this is some cool shit. Yep, I, I'm everywhere. I just yeah. don't like people knowing I'm the same person on all of these different names. Yeah, I know. But I get it. Also I get me. It. Yep. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Eric. Thank you. Thank of you. course. Of course. You got to come back, by the way. Definitely. Anytime. But only if you're sick. Yeah. We true. Like the sick yeah. CT. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you next uh, know next time I have to take some Sudafed. And okay. That'd be great. We'll record. Bring great. some Sudafed to celebration, please. So now I'm going to be like the drug mule of <laughs> celebration. You're going to be slinging Sudis. <laughs> yeah. And that in those overnight lines. Here we go. Uh, you know what? I'm not gonna lie. Those will help. Oh, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, people out not there. Not gonna lie, if you got a little I'm something. something. <laughs> I might partake. You did. I wish I had some sooties back I'm in the day me, last, in Orlando. I'm just gonna. Say oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, Mr. Struthers. Where can people listen to your beautiful voice and look at your beautiful golden locks? <laughs> Every time. Well, well, you can uh, check out my other podcast, The Bad Motivators, which I was not on this week because I was too busy having a tech rehearsal for a face-melting rock show that I throw my golden locks around quite mm. a bit during. So, yeah, there's that. Um, follow me on Twitter, at Eric Strathers, and find out what I'm up to. Yes, find out. Les, where can people find you on Twitter? At Less Is More 78. <laughs> he was waiting for me to say, I don't give, nobody gives a nobody fuck. Nobody gives a shit. Uh, boo? At The Sith List, Boo. And you can find me on at The Sith List. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening. We really, really appreciate it. Check out all the crazy Star Wars news on makingstarwars.net. Check us out on the SithList.net. And we will catch you next week on episode number 124 of the Sith List. Ready or not, here I come. 
In a state of sleep, thinking about the robbery that I did last week. Money in the bag, banker look like a drag. I wanna play with Pelicans from here to Baghdad. Gun blast, think fast, I think I'm hit. My girl pinched my hips to see if I still exist. I think not. I'll send a letter to my friends. A born again hooligan, only to be king again. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find you. Play my enemies like a game of chess where I rest. No, no stress, stress if you don't smoke cess. Less, I must confess, my destiny's manifest. There's some cortex and sweats. I make tracks like I'm homeless. Rap orgies with Borgie and Bess. Capture your bounty like Elliot Ness. Yes, bless you if you represent the food. But I hex you with some witches brew if you do do. Voodoo, I could do what you do. Easy. Believe me, frontin' niggas give me heebie-jeebies. So why you imitating Al Capone? I be needing Simone and defecating on your microphone. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find you. Refugees take you over, the Buffalo Soldier, dreadlock roster, on the 12 hour, fly by in my bomber, crews run for cover, now they under pushing up flowers, super fly, true lies do or die, toss me high, only for fly with my crew from like high, I refugee from Guantanamo Bay, dance around the border like I'm cash, this place, ready or not, here I come, you can't hide, nobody gonna find. 